Hello there, my name is Aaron Burr, and welcome to the We All Can Change podcast. The natural world needs more love and compassion, which includes all humans too, especially ourselves. Join me as we answer the call that we all can feel by living a life with more love and kindness. Hello there, my friends. I've got some incense burning, got my bottle of water. I've got a tangerine here in my hand, ready to be eaten if I need it. I'm prepped. I'm ready to record an episode. Are you guys ready? Are you all ready? Wow. It is weird to uh, to kind of be in a state of reminiscing, maybe. Regrouping for sure. I left St. Pete for a little bit just briefly to kind of regroup at my parents' house up north and in uh, the country of Florida. And uh, it's been nice. It's been nice to kind of, kind of regroup after, after going kind of hard for a whole year. It feels really nice to, to kind of take a breath. I mean, I'm still, you know, in my last semester of school here, but it just feels nicer to be in nature, be away from the city. Uh, I miss all the people. I love St. Pete for the people mostly. Uh, the community there is, I've never experienced anything else anywhere in the world. But yeah, it's really wild to like see, you know, look at my blog posts, look at my podcast episodes and see how long it's been since I've been regularly putting out stuff or just putting out anything at all creating anything at all. Uh, it's weird to think about, like I just logged into Strava, which is the biking, you know, tracking app. Uh, and I haven't like posted anything on there since like 2020, which I've definitely biked since then, but, but maybe just haven't posted anything on there. Uh, but, but I definitely haven't mountain biked, you know, in, on single track, nature trails like in definitely over a year yeah I just moved down to St. Pete I started school and I just kind of put the blinders on and got my shit done and I'm really good at that you know I'm really good at uh hunkering down and like getting shit done uh but but it can be it can be scary you know like I imagine a lot of people do that for like five years you know, they just like put the blinders on. They get a lot done, you know, in their careers or in school or what have you. But then, man, just like waking up kind of after a year of of just nonstop in a way. Uh, and I had breaks. And I took vacations and I like it was awesome, like meeting so many people that I had a lot of fun too. Right. But it's still it's still part of that bigger routine, maybe. And so, man, it feels weird to to kind of feel myself again and and kind of take a look back on on you know <laughs> where the gaps have been have been created I guess uh, but that's okay I am making big changes I've moved everything I'm trying to move all my blog posts uh, from here on out to Substack instead of um, WordPress, you know, instead of my website. 
and yeah, it just feels, feels nice. feels like a good community. It feels like, uh, a nice, I guess, platform to, to get, to get recognized or to meet other people and to, it's great, great reading platform. I love to read people's work on it and then I like to write on it too. It's nice and just easy and streamlined. Um, my website's like just enough of a pain where it's like, yeah, let's just find something easier and then link everything on the website, you know? Um, so yeah, Substack, we all can change.substack.com. Yeah, I like their values. You know, they're kind of going for freedom of expression. Um, not big on the whole censorship thing, which is an issue for a lot of people, you know, in this in this day and age where where the government knows best and it knows <laughs> the best way for you to think, right? Or uh, corporations know best. They know the best way for you to think. They know the best, what's best for your health. They know what's best for your mind, your thoughts. They know what's best for your soul, right? Your religion, maybe. <laughs> A little bit of thought police shit going on here. So I don't really want to be a part of that. I'm kind of, kind of digressing from most social media. I'm kind of trying to just focus on LinkedIn actually. I'm just trying to, cause it's, cause most of my stuff is writing and podcast stuff anyways. So it just feels right to be all of that. Um, putting, putting all of that linkage and content stuff on there. Uh, Facebook and Instagram have never felt great to me you know, at the end of the day, like I can provide meaningful and value-based work, but it just kind of feels like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm personally addicted to, to social media. And so, I mean, even if it's like quality and healthy content, like I don't want to be adding to others' addictions of social media. Maybe it's on our, it's of course, obviously on ourselves to, to manage those those addictions and those distractions in life, right? If we need to. Um, and it's not on me to to worry about that. But at some point, it's like, you know, how ethical is a cocaine dealer if the cocaine is not good for you, right? <laughs> uh, social media is not cocaine. But, but anyways, um, yeah, moving everything to LinkedIn, moving everything to Substack. We'll still be posting podcast episodes everywhere. Um, but yeah, just trying to kind of consolidate everything and be more mindful of the platforms I'm using. LinkedIn seems good for now. That might change, but Substack definitely feels right. I like made a, like a, oh man, I love it. <laughs> you guys should go check it out. It's, um, yeah, we all can change .substack.com. I added this like pink. The, the theme is like pink and light blue, which is my two favorite, it's my favorite color combo. Uh, so like the background isn't, isn't like drastically pink, but it's like a slight shade of pink and it's just so nice. You really notice it when you first, uh, get into it, you know, you're like, wow, this is pink compared to the white website I just saw. But then when you're reading, like it just, you just don't even notice it anymore until you get off the site. It's kind of nice, man, pink and blue. I'm uh, tapping into my feminine side. <laughs> a lot of that this year for sure. It's been great. It's been wonderful. Um, 
as if colors have to be feminine or masculine. Are they? I don't really even know. Um, any who's? Yeah, I posted a, the first post I've made on the Substack is called The Move Beyond Science. Wow. <laughs> That's ballsy. That's ballsy to say in this day and age. Uh, I should probably, you know, I should probably do a better job at making sure I'm not just writing titles that are eye-catching and maybe triggering, <laughs> you know, so that people have an emotional reaction to it and they have to click on it, right? I don't know if I should be doing that. I'm, I'm not fully doing that. I mean, this is basically the theme of the, of the post is more, more or less the movie on science. But it's like once you read it, it's like, ah, does he actually mean that? Um, so maybe I should be more accurate with my titles, but but anyways, I mean it's it's been it's a it's a shorter version of the general theme of my life recently. Um and I'm I'm writing a way longer version of the specifics, maybe not specifics, but like maybe more in-depth view of of a way of life, you know, a direction and a, a calling, maybe. But this is like a shorter, kind of more specific one thing version. It's most mostly talking about the move away from science or maybe like um, the addition to science is what I should really say, right? It's not that um, my message or my life or the calling that I'm feeling is is science is done, right? And it's time for something better. Science is just another religion, right? Um, has its own following and has its own you know, rules and its own worship, right? We're worshiping the truth of the natural world. But, you know, the natural world, the universe, it needs more love, right? It needs more compassion. And these things aren't really necessarily taken account, you know, in science. Um, they aren't really included, um, you know, humanity, energy, coincidence, and all of these, you know, there's a lot that's unmeasurable, right? And science is, is more or less what can be measured in the natural world. And there's a lot that can be measured. And there's a lot of beauty and um, discovery to be made in what can be measured. And what can be measured will change, you know, always. It'll always get, you know, more and more things will be, quote unquote, measurable, Um but there's a lot of things that it lacks, right? Um, and the, the biggest thing is is that, you know, my, my direction in life, you know, in, in helping the world is centered around bettering it, right? And it's centered around helping the planet, helping ourselves and helping all beings on it. And these these thoughts started kind of turning in my head and it you know of course those thoughts start from certain people I've been reading and listening to um but when when you think about the environmental movement today and sustainability in businesses or sustainability in general the goal is more or less climate change right that's that seems to be the uniting front is this um 
potentially catastrophic um, human ending event. And the way to solve that is more or less through one specific you know, part to a healthy earth, healthy universe. <laughs> and that's through carbon, carbon emissions, right? We're, we're super dead set. I mean, we're so addicted to the idea of carbon emissions that we don't even really, we almost don't even look to anything else other than CO2 because it has the word carbon in it. <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone is so focused on CO2 because it's carbon dioxide, right? That we forget about all these other, um, you know, emissions that add to climate change. Um, but even, even beyond, you know, emissions, our footprint in general, you know, our water consumption, our land consumption, our resource consumption, our, yeah, consumption of raw materials and, and um, pollution of the air, pollution of certain things, our footprint, right? This, this still, like, living a life uh, according to having the least impact, you know, the smallest footprint doesn't really lead to a more beautiful world. You know, I mean, if we have to, like, we have to close our eyes and imagine a world where we, we finally, you know, everything else being the same, we finally have gotten our footprint taken care of, our emissions taken care of, our carbon emissions. How much more beautiful would the world be? I mean, we'd still be having monocultured farms. The soil would still be dying and de depleting. Still be extracting resources. Still be harming others, harming species that, you know, don't seem to initially be impacting the climate, right? Still causing a lot of harm and a lot of pain to this living, breathing organism called the earth. To this living, breathing organism called the whole universe or God, whatever you want to say, or energy, whatever, you know, insert your own word as you like. There's a lot missing from this goal of of reducing carbon, right? And and just focusing on our footprint. <clears throat> we could live pretty minimally, I think. And if nothing else changed, we could still be killing other animals, killing other people. And more more so even than killing just unnecessary hurt and harm and and causing pain, right? A big thing that I'm kind of getting into with this shift is is maybe death isn't actually the ultimate uh, harm that we can cause something, right? I know that's <laughs> that is very contrary to 
the narrative right now because we're all hyper avoidant of death. I mean, maybe we've always been, right? Maybe we've always been super afraid of death because we haven't had a culture that wants to talk about it because it's the one thing that we can't really solve with science, right? We can't solve it with our brains because who the hell knows what happens. So we just want to avoid it. We want to limit all death at any cost, right? And and we've been doing that for a while, but but it's finally showing its face in the pandemic, right? Any death from this virus is, <clears throat> you know, the worst death of all, right? And even if, even if, you know, cities and entire countries have doubled their suicide rates, uh, at least it's not from COVID, right? Yeah, so my point was, was that I've kind of shifted away from this idea of, of, you know, death being this ultimate price and this ultimate way of harm, right? And, and maybe, you know, maybe that's because of some values of mine that have shifted, right? Or some um, belief in something else. Um, b- but isn't it, isn't it worse you know, to, to, to harm a living being, uh, just incredibly, um, an incredible amount while it's living and stretching that life out and just harming it so much as opposed to just a good clean death, which one's worse. I mean, I'm kind of shifting this towards our diets, you know, cause because a lot of the vegan community, um, which I'm a part of, or have been a part of, death to animals is the is the ultimate you know harm that we can bestow onto a living thing. But we're also harming that. I mean, we're also creating the ultimate harm to plants, you know, as well, and. So why I I just can't, you know, wrap my head around how we can place so much um so much meaning and so much value on one living being and then not place it on another living being because of our arbitrary standards that we've set on it um of quote unquote consciousness or um, yeah, maybe how close they are to us on the food chain or to our, what have you, you know, is it because it's a mammal? Is it because it has eyes? Is it because it breathes air? You know, wh- why, why is one animal or type of animal or type of living being more important or more of value than others? You know, these are the kind of the questions I was asking myself, and and there's no way around killing a living being, right? We're killing plants. We're ending their lives, right? We're killing animals, we're ending their lives for food, for other reasons as well. Maybe the 
the thing we should be avoiding isn't necessarily death because that's a clear part of life, right? It's a part of life that we've been afraid of to talk about, um, but it's a part of life. It's a part of nature. It's a part of this cycle. So maybe we shouldn't be avoiding this inevitable uh, <laughs> part of part of life that we just we just are afraid of, um, and therefore want to prevent it in other living beings. Um, maybe we should be focusing on something else. You know, like creating a good life for those animals that we're going to eat, for those plants that we're going to eat. And, you know, maybe it's not a long life, you know, like if we eat an egg, right? It's not, that's not a very long life. (laughs) Um, The chicken doesn't get to experience that egg for very long. The mother hen doesn't get to experience that egg for very long. But that mother could have a great, cozy, comfortable, free-range, free-roaming life, right? Um, That egg could be treated with the utmost respect, you know, that it's, its life, its potential life is giving us life by eating it, you know, by giving us nutrition. I I won't I don't want to talk just about food in this episode. I think I'll save that for another episode where I'll kind of dive into this maybe this mindset shift or this it's more of a feeling. I I I I'm kind of this whole thing uh, this whole shift away from from science is more of a a shift from the from the brain to the heart. And I think our brains have gotten us very far and they will continue to do so. Um but neglecting our hearts will only lead us to, I think, more hurt, more destruction, more pain, more suffering. And the, maybe the goal isn't to avoid suffering, right? But, but shifting inward to our heart and, and hearing a message, you know, hearing a message from an environmental movement, from an environmental organization saying, you know, Here's what you need to do. You need to stop eating animals. You need to um, stop, you know, basically just do anything you want, but but um, mitigate the carbon that you emit, right? And mitigate your footprint. And those things are important, right? Don't get me wrong. Um, but... I wrote I wrote something on this on this article. Maybe I'll just read it. What's missing when we only talk about the carbon created from a certain destructive event? What beautiful steps to help in the earth are we preventing when we only look to reduce the emissions or resource consumption of a certain action, product, or way of life? It's not to say that we shouldn't consider our footprint and resources, but focusing on these things alone won't create a more beautiful world. Focusing solely on climate change is as if we were looking out for a mother's health, but only by checking her temperature. She could be 300 pounds overweight or bone thin, eating fast food every day and drinking soda. 
but we rest easy since her temperature is at 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. There's something missing, right? There's, there's something missing when we hear, you know, focus on your footprint and all will be well. Our brains like that, right? Our minds like that idea of, hey, we're going to die, but here's the solution. Now we're not going to die. But what world are we going to create? And what problems are not going to go away? Um, because we're not solving the root cause, right? Climate change is a symptom of this bigger issue of how we treat you know, the natural world the living world, um, the living universe. (laughs) Um, It's how we treat ourselves. It's a, you know, how we treat ourselves affects how we treat others, whether it be human or otherwise. And it's been the root cause of, of these issues, right? Of these problems and solving these problems I don't know if it's going to really help much. You know, I think something else is just going to take its place. Some other catastrophic um, event, right? Um, Soil depletion could be just as bad as climate change. (laughs) Um, So let's shift then from maybe our, our brains for a bit, you know, not for not forever and not completely shutting our brains off, right? <laughs> we'll always use our brains. That's who we are. But we can shift things to our hearts, right? We feel something more to this world, right? I do. We feel like there's something more. We feel like there's got to be a different path other than save ourselves, you know, Reduce carbon foot. Reduce our carbon footprint. There's got to be something more, and I think that something more is is really just love and compassion to the natural world, which is everything, everyone, everything. Love. And maybe you know, maybe that, maybe that has to be birthed from this from this understanding of the natural world, right? And that understanding for a lot of us probably comes through science, right? I, I, I think, I don't know if I would have gotten here without my science path. I've always been very logic, very science. Um, and it's gotten me a far way, right? And it's And it's allowed me to you know, be mountain biking as a teenager and see the the trees being cut down and understanding that that is bad. But but that was, you know, that was this intuition, right? It's this intuition paired with this understanding. And that understanding can come from a lot of things. You know, if we are in a culture that is more connected 
to nature, our ancestors are more connected to nature, or if we're in a culture that we actually stay with our, you know, our elders, you know, in the United States, a lot of us, you know, we, t- we take off and separate from our parents, from our grandparents at, you know, 18 or 20 or maybe even earlier, 16, 12, whatever. I mean, sometimes, you know, earlier, later, but, but we separate usually. That's kind of the norm. And with that, we lose all of that potential wisdom that was passed down, that could be passed down for generations, right? Some cultures don't have that. So maybe we can learn about nature through that in those cultures. But, but in, our, in our American culture, I mean, it's a lot of um, American or otherwise, you know, other, a lot of other countries do the same science could be a potential potentially beautiful you know route to take to find this deeper understanding to kind of align our our knowledge maybe with our hearts closer to our hearts at least right but then i've reached a point in my life where science doesn't have the answers to a lot of things science doesn't have the answer to death doesn't have the answer to this feeling that i get you know, when I'm in the woods, you know, like this energy around me and this feeling I get when certain coincidences happen and spontaneous events occur or, you know, all these different things. And, and I think trusting that, you know, and trusting that feeling, that calling that we all probably have we're just being still and actually cutting out the noise in the world and being able to feel that calling and to maybe act on it, I think could create a world far more beautiful and far more thriving and abundant than we ever could if we just focused on survival just focused on climate change, the next catastrophe. What, what, what world do we want to create? You know, I think a big problem with, with the environmental movement these days is we don't have imagination. We're not imagining the direction that we want to take. And so it, it's time to kind of imagine what world do we want to leave behind do we want to leave a world behind that that we're just you know killing the killing the planet killing the ecosystem killing off beautiful species or not so beautiful species either one but at least we're going to survive in it right our food is going to be artificially grown in shipping containers we're going to live in concrete jungles everything's going to be net zero, you know, no carbon. We won't die. The world will live. It'll survive. And we'll survive. But will we actually be living? Right? What are we going to sacrifice? What have we already sacrificed? You know, to live according to what some random guy 
<laughs> declared us to be, you know, what some random person declared that our limits of a human species is, right? That we're just here to survive and the survival of the fittest and strongest survive and it's all about humans and nothing else. I mean, don't we don't we hear that and we just feel like something's missing, like like they kind of missed the mark? I do. I mean, I feel that. I feel like we're way more than that and I could be wrong, right? But but I think it at the very least, you know, if if someone's listening to this and doesn't want to believe or feel that calling or that that intuition at the very least from a logical perspective can't we at least choose um which one we want to be right our metacognition doesn't it allow us to by the power of the mind choose you know if we want to be this this chimp <laughs> or this bonobo right very two different two different things but equally as close to us way different lifestyles and that's like a basic example maybe maybe there's something bigger right maybe there's a deeper calling than just our dna or our evolution but maybe you know it, it depends on all of our views right and so the, the point isn't to like push this view onto someone and it never has been, especially because <laughs> if you look to all my other episodes, it's, it's all footprint, right? It's all like my food episode, my driving episode, transportation episode, everything is about footprint and it's all, it was all about, you know, carbon emissions, blah, 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 this, this, this. And it's not, I don't mean to say blah, blah, blah as in if it doesn't matter, um, it matters for sure. It's just that what are we missing when we choose to only focus on that? And you can make the argument that, well, we don't have time to focus on anything else. We're in this survival mode. Sometimes you have to solve the symptoms or else the symptoms will kill you. I get that. I get it. But the thing is, is that shifting this this lifestyle into a into one of love and compassion towards everything and all beings will have rippling effects throughout the whole entire universe that we can't even comprehend the world is so the universe is so connected right that that we don't even our brains cannot compute the impacts that our actions have and this is this is the basics of of our footprint right you know there's the argument of of oh i'm just one person and there's people in the environmental movement that's like yeah but if all of us get together and do that it's like it's like take that but on a way more massive scale everything we do not even just our footprint, just every single thing, a smile, a hug, a, you know, a reaching out to someone, um, choosing peace instead of violence if we can, if it's the right time to do so. 
these things can have massive impacts. That on, you know, (laughs) I kind of ended my blog post on this. I said at the end of the day, you know, the cherry on top is focusing on these things and shifting this from our from our minds to our hearts will not only solve a lot of the basic and root causes of our problems, but it'll also solve you know this this issue of of climate change, right? Because once we learn to be kind to the earth, we're not going to be raping it for oil, right? That's not a kind thing to do to break up the earth and extract this resource and burn it and pollute the air. In our hearts we can feel that, right? Without learning that without learning that it causes climate change. Just by feeling we can feel that, right? And maybe, you know, maybe I can feel that because I did have this education of science, right? But maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm still, the verdict's still out. Jury's still out on that one. <laughs> Let me know what you think. But but I think that there's a lot of people out there who are, I've met who are just born with that intuition. And I've, I've met them along my life and they have no scientific background. They're just connected to the earth. They go out and walk, you know, in the forest barefoot or whatever. You know, they're just tapped into to nature and they can, they can see and feel the the harm right the unnecessary harm that we're causing and so maybe we're not we're not avoiding death right we're not avoiding hurting people or hurting others if we have to right if we absolutely have to but we don't have to betray our our living existence our human existence and living existence to say you know, but we don't have to betray it by saying, oh, I can kill that pig or I can kill that tomato because it's this, you know, it's different. It's lesser of, lesser than, oh, I can harm this person because they're a thief or they're homeless or they're, they're black or they're white or they're whatever, right? I can do this because of this. We don't have to stoop to this level of of excuses for the for the harm that we cause right we can we can be you know we can be backed into a corner being attacked by someone literally like our lives are being threatened and we have no well no other way to survive other than other than to hurt this person right and this can this whole story can be applied to really everything right but we we can hurt that person if we have to without you know coming from a place of hate we can still love that person and have to harm them you know and this can be applied to plants can be applied to animals we can show love to the cow that we slaughter right we can give that cow or pay to have that cow have a beautiful life or at least an easy life um, if it's not a long one before it's killed humanely you know without without even knowing it's about to be killed possibly right we can still have love and gratitude towards everything you know even if we're contributing this this 
natural part of life of defending ourselves, of killing plants, right? Killing animals. We don't have to, we don't have to say, you know, oh, I kill plants instead of animals because plants are lesser than and they don't have feelings. You know, they don't have blah, 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 name your, name your reason and your excuse. We don't have to do that. We can instead say, you know, I I don't, you know, I don't prefer to eat animals. I don't prefer to eat something that has a mother or whatever, whatever the reason be. But you can still say, you know, I'm, I'm killing this plant, but I'm loving it. Right. You know, maybe, maybe our excuse for, or our reason, our valuable reason for, for not, you know, killing animals could instead be, it's way more difficult to provide an ethical and healthy, beautiful life to animals than it is to plants, right? We can grow plants pretty ethically, pretty regeneratively, where it gives back to the soil. It's in a healthy, healthy ecosystem. It's a little bit difficult, more difficult for animals, right? They require more resources. They require more land. They require more space. And um, that can be a reason, right? That could be a better reason is that, you know, it's, it's just not worth my time to eat animals, you know, when I could just easily eat plants. Something like that, right? Where our hearts can have this better reason for this lifestyle. Anyways, I don't want to get too much into food, but I'll do that a different time. I keep saying that, but then I keep going back to it. So <laughs> maybe I'll change the topic of this episode like halfway through. Actually, let's just talk about this the whole time. <laughs> um, you know, I think another thing too is, is I wouldn't say that this is, this is choosing something over something else. I'm not saying that let's choose this spiritual heartfelt path over science, right? Or anything else, you know, over, over our current religion. But I, but I am saying, you know, I and, and many others in this world have felt this calling and from many different backgrounds. And they're not, they're not giving up their religion, whether it be, you know, Christianity, Islamic, um, Buddhist, or scientific. Um, it's not that we're, they're giving up those things. It's not like that. It's not like we're giving up those things. But we can pursue those beliefs while also answering this call to being something better, you know, to being more in line with our hearts. And, and I think it's okay to, to, to say, hey, this tool, whether it be science, whether it be a religion, um, another religion, this tool helps me for these things. And it doesn't really solve for these things, these problems, these causes. That has to come from this heartfelt calling that I'm feeling. So it's more of, it's more of an inter, 
weave him, right? So maybe I shouldn't have titled the move Beyond Science. But again, maybe it's just to catch people's eye. <laughs> Trigger some folks. <laughs> just kidding. But but I think, you know, I think another thing too with the title is maybe is, is science has become politicized, right? This is the, this is the issue when you take a religion and you, you claim it for some political party or some other reason, right? This, this alternative, um, motive, ulterior motive. Science has become the the chosen guide to a certain political side, right? We're the science side. All other sides are not with reality. They're detached from reality. So that means anything that we on this political side say or declare and someone else on the other side, or even on our side, disagrees with it, that means that they are not in touch with reality. They are not in touch with this with this chosen religion by the masses, right? which is reality, or truth, the pursuit of truth. This loses its value, you know, the moment that that something like science or any other religion becomes leveraged for another reason, you know, like like your political identifiers or, or winning an election or whatever, it loses its value, you know. And we've seen it. We've seen we've we've seen just massive amounts of distrust come out of this pandemic because because science has been politicized and it's been basically claimed by one side. And whether scientists or members of that community want to or not, they're being leveraged and they're being propped up to basically accomplish um, certain things that a certain side wants, right? And this can be, I mean, this can be applied to a lot of different things, but but this is just a good example because it's fresh right in, right in our face every day. This, this whole, um, <clears throat> maybe, maybe this is a sign of the, the weaknesses of of this clear, um, more or less maybe man-made um, following. It's a it's a weakness of of these belief systems, right? Science and Christianity. I'm gonna keep picking on those two, I guess. Um, have been weakened a ton. In the past, you know, Christianity sooner, science maybe had a reason for that. Had a science may have been a possible cause, but but now we're seeing it with with the scientific community as well, 
um, as soon as they become intertwined with this very, I'd say, I guess, maybe human desire, um, like politics or money or whatever, as soon as they become intertwined with that, it loses its value, right? It loses its um, trust in the people, in the followers, and in the outsiders even, um, which this this deeper meaning of life, of following our hearts, of love, it's not a religion, right? It's not a belief. It's this feeling. It's this human thing that we can all come together on. And it has no, it has plenty of weaknesses, sure, maybe, but it has no leverage points that that don't scream inauthenticity, right? I mean, there's there's organizations, there's political movements trying to leverage this idea of compassion, of good, of right, of love. The loving thing to do is this. The good thing to do is this. Anyone that doesn't do this is wrong and bad and evil. But it's so clear when, when, when people are trying to use that to gain a following, it's so clear when, when they're trying to basically spearhead their, you know, their movement um, with, with this idea. In its true form when we get rid of the noise and we sit down and we feel what's right and what's the correct compassionate loving way to go about doing something that can never be taken away that true intuition that feeling that that love that compassion that cannot be leveraged Because it looks fake. <laughs> we can see it. You know, we can see it in so many movements today. Um, yeah. Anyways. It's a lot, a lot missing, you know, when we, when we are ch- choosing this, this one focus, you know, on the environment, on the world, on helping people. Um, and... Anyways, I'm moving to Substack, moving everything to LinkedIn, and uh, probably moving to Central America too. I'll catch you all later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, whew, how long have I been talking? That was a big tangent there. I've been like fiddling with this, with this tangerine for like a whole hour. thing is mesmerizing. It's multicolored. I've ripped off the stem. Um, it's just a dead a dead body of a being that I'm playing with. (laughs) Maybe I should eat this thing and put it out of its misery. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) And it's, you know, this, this whole shift that I'm, that I'm trying to make, it's not to be perfect, right? It's not to be like this, (laughs) 
<laughs> this unrealistic saint, you know, going about the world, who never gets mad, who's kind to everyone, who's perfect, right? It's about being better, right? It's about it's about listening to our hearts. Um, it's about feeling the path forward, right? And, and things will come up. You know, it's like when we when we focused on our on our footprints and our impact in that way, we didn't do everything at once, right? Certain things kind of came up like as as we were ready for them, as we kind of exposed ourselves to the topic, as we were in a place in our lives to change those things. And the same thing is gonna happen with with this shift into into a more compassionate lifestyle, into more loving kindness. It's going to happen one thing at a time, you know, one aspect of our lives at a time. And, and it's all about just, just feeling that calling when it comes and acting on it. Um, I think we'll create a better world that way. And, and who knows, I could be wrong, as I always say, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to be hopefully recording more. I've said that a bunch before, I know, and I never did. But, but it just feels like... Uh, like it's time. There's a big shift in everything. I have to basically. I mean, I. I really. I. I'm to the point where I want to like delete all my episodes that just talk about footprint and stuff. But it's like I'm not gonna do that because it's a natural progression, right? The whole point of this podcast is to see how I grow and how the world grows, and so it's kind of cool to see. Um, I will maybe put some notes on those episodes and say, hey, there's a newer. There's a newer um, episode on this that has my more recent views or my more recent calling, I guess, or um, where I'm at in this world right now. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go through all those topics and kind of revamp everything and align them with this big shift um, in We All Can Change and in life. Uh, so yeah, I hope you're here for the journey. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be doing once a week. Maybe I'll give it a shot again and just pump some stuff out, meet up with some more people, get some more people on here. I have a lot of friends that I've met um, this past year that that I'd love to have on this this podcast. So if you're listening to this, you want to come on, come on. Let's go. 2022. Love and compassion, baby. Listen, uh, I wish you peace, love, and I wish you change. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.